there is indeed a world unseen, a world that exists all around us all the time. And every now and then we catch a glimpse of it and the dead get in. Good evening, everybody. Dr. G, Spirit Tales and Magic. It's about 20 minutes till midnight in the Pacific Northwest. So as Danny reminded me, keeping my promise, the day isn't over, and here we are. We're going to talk about something other than what I was originally going to do this evening. So Cassandra and I had the opportunity. We've been keeping Friday the 13th kind of a secret. And we had the opportunity to leave the country, which we haven't done a show outside the country since about five years before COVID. And it was in a haunted location in Vancouver. So today we got a really, really busy morning, but the afternoon cleared and I cleared the plans for the rest of the evening. And we decided we would take a dry run into Canada and check out the location, best ways in and out, that sort of thing. See if there were any other haunted things going on. The gig is about an hour long, so in the door to out the doors, you know, 90 minutes ish. So it leaves you plenty of time and we were going to spend the night. Keep that in mind. So we'll give you a tiny bit of history on Cassandra and I. So, you know, my first paranormal experience happened when I was eight. If you listen to the podcast, you'll know that I'm a bit of a unicorn, if you will, when it comes to empathy and sometimes knowing what people are thinking, whether it's good or bad. I also tend to see a lot of possibilities. Like it's always Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or, you know, this always has a successful ending or a terrible ending. So, um, for those of you who think that would be really cool, try it for a little while. Doesn't always work, obviously, or I would have been hitting the multi-state lottery every weekend for the last two or three years. But we go through Vancouver and we wind up on Hastings. I'm not even going to go into detail about Hastings. Google it. The pain from one end of that street to the other is unbearable for Cassandra, who's an empath. You can literally see her just aching as we're going through there and trying to send out as many good vibes as she possibly could and just, you know, feeling the screams and the, everything that goes with it. The haunted attraction that we were scheduled to be at is right in the middle of that. And it's not going to happen. 
we canceled it. We want to make it known we we have listeners there and they're very familiar with that couple of blocks of real estate. It isn't what's there. We are not unsympathetic to the plight of the people there. But I will not have Cassandra subjected to that or myself. Cassandra never asked to be the empath that she is. She was born that way, as was I. I, over the years and the things I've seen and done, have learned to live with it. It took me decades to understand that you cannot save them all. Trust me, I've saved more than my fair share of them. I'd be lying if I said I hadn't dispatched a few of them as well, but trust me, way more good than bad. Cassandra has no contempt for any living thing on the planet. Wild birds land on her and rest. I can't even imagine all the pain she felt inside. So we are not going to do that. Now, here's a brighter note. All we wanted to do at that point was get out of there. So we are trying to get out, and it's nighttime rush hour. So, uh, for example, at the border coming back in, you're 200 yards from where you're going to be admitted back in. And it's going to take you two hours to get there because it's extremely busy. And the powers that be decided they were going to have three, count them one, two, three, border agents on. Nice. Now, all week, when Cassandra has said, Hey, what are we doing for dinner? Are you cooking dinner? Am I cooking dinner? Are we going out? I have said, hey, let's get a pizza. We're uh, we're on a couple special diets for a lot of reasons, but pizza is not on there. So I just don't feel like pizza. You know, I've had so much pizza. I just really don't like pizza anymore. I'm like, okay, we'll cook something or I'll cook something. So tonight, as we're finally back across the border, back in the U.S., and we're, I'm watching her feel better, and, you know, we should get something to eat on the way home. It's been hours since, you know, we've had anything to eat. There's a great burger joint down the road. You can get a salad. She goes, well, let's check the phone. She's checking my phone, and I hear her go, oh, there's a wood-fired pizza place. Let's go there. So I thought you were tired of pizza. You know, I don't even know what made me say that. I just, wow, I'm not, I'm not even sure why I said that, but for a second, I really felt like we should be there. 
I'm like, oh, that's it. We're, we're going now. So it wasn't that hard to find. And we lucked out, got a parking place right in front of the joint, which is incredibly difficult to do anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. We go in and we're seated. And your server will be right there, which they weren't. It took them a while. But as the server approaches, I feel this calming feeling. And I see that Cassandra feels it too. So we're not going to mention this young lady's name on the podcast until she tells us it's okay. So she introduces herself. We introduce ourselves. And as if she said it, which she didn't, what's wrong? So we tell her about the day we've had. And you could see her overcome by sadness for a moment as if she were absorbing all of our sadness. And then you could see the smile return to her face. And she said, well, you're here now and it'll be all right. We go through the meal and we get a chance to talk to her at the end because the establishment is closing as, as we're in there, which frequently happens. We give her a card about the podcast and you know talk a little bit about us. And then I talked to her about her. And I told her that I knew how she was and we went through everything. I said, it is very seldom that you, you're a unicorn and you'll have to get used to that. And I said, that, that comes from an old witchy thing back in my day it didn't mean a horse with a horn on its head it just meant somebody that was really incredibly rare this young lady is a born empath who has traveled through here before and she's young so i just wanted to clue her in on how it could be being that way for decades but I will tell you, there is no doubt in my mind, Cassandra's mind or hers, that we were supposed to be in that particular restaurant at that particular time. And it gets better as we're leaving. Just be extra careful on the way home. Yeah, we will. We're probably a little tired so that you know, we'll make sure that we're careful. Trip home is fairly uneventful. and. As I've said before, in, in this area where we live, you can be in the middle of civilization and you go around the next turn and you're in Bigfoot territory, which is exactly what happens on the way home from there. So we're going on this hill and there's, there's you could have stopped and sat in the middle of the road and had a sandwich. And if the Squatch didn't come out of the woods to join you, you would not encounter another living being. Then three miles down the road, you come around a turn, you're back in civilization. And I kid you not, there's 2,000 cars on the interstate. It's like, where did these people come from? And this young lady who's got on her headphones and playing with her telephone at 80 miles an hour side by side begins to come into our lane. 
So we're in Cassandra's car. It's a Nissan Rogue. Has this little horn and goes, neat, neat. Were we in my car, the beast, I probably would have let her come over. She would have bounced off of us and just returned to her lane. <clears throat> There's enough metal in my car to make three of Cassandra's cars. So as this is happening, I lay on the horn. I get clear over on the berm. I don't have much of a panic reflex, so I get clear on the berm to the point where I'm about to slip in to the median where you don't want to go because it's very V-shaped. And if you're going to roll, if you go in there, and if you happen to roll at the wrong time, you're going to be rolling till next January because you're up in the mountains. And finally, she, you know, oh, wakes up and pulls her car back into her lane. And I look over at Cassandra and she goes, oh my, she warned us about that. So that's tonight. It's a story about sadness, about empathy, and maybe about predictions. And wow, that certainly classifies as paranormal. And one of our friends emails in, Frank, he says, what's your definition of paranormal? We've covered this many times on a podcast. Um, I had a an acquaintance who was a great, great psychic person, and she said that the paranormal is anything that isn't normal. It's anything you can't explain. I've also heard it explained as oddity in the absence of science. I kind of like that. What's your paranormal story? I'd love to hear it. Do you have an empath in your life? Do you have a cool story about things that go bump in the night? We'd like to say hello to our new friend who works in a wood fire pizza shop. We were glad to meet you. And until we see you again, and all of you guys, we'll see you inside your mind. We'll be back tomorrow with something else. And remember, there is indeed a world unseen. It's a world that exists all around us, all the time. And every now and again, for whatever reason, we catch a glimpse of it. And the dead get in. Good night from Seattle. Talk to you tomorrow.